Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Bibles up. Let's speak this out as children of God. Say it with me. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It never changes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare I will be what it says I should be. I will have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say, and I will live how it says I should live. This is the day the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God through healing, finances, deliverance, family forgiveness. I will stand and pray for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. I will stand and pray for all nations. I declare that we are one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you love God, give the Lord a clap offering of praise. You may be seated, the Lord bless you. In just a moment, I'm gonna teach a message that I believe will motivate you and shock you. But I want us to have eyes to see and ears to hear what's happening in the world. Folks, we are living in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And I must say to you and all those that are watching around the world, choose ye this day whom you'll serve. Because we are closer to the coming of the Messiah than we can realize. Are we live with uh, Shmulek and Michal? Yes, can we bring, up, bring them up? I'm gonna move out of the way. Okay, so you want me here or you want me over to the side? Right in the middle, all right. Can you, Shmulek and Michal, can you hear us? Yes. yes. Michal, tell us where you were. And first off, we, we wanna thank you for being so brave and courageous to come on and share your story. <laughs> And from Dallas, Texas, and around the world, we love you. We, we are with you. As I said before, we came on when I was talking in the back, not just today, but we are with you and standing with you and all of Israel uh, forever. And uh, the reason why we're doing these things on Sunday is to keep this before the people that the further we get away from October 7th, the media moves on to other things. But we need to remember so that we will say to the world, unfortunately, again, never again. Mikhail, where were you? Tell us what happened on October 7th. I know you're a survivor. Thank you, Pastor, and thank you for having me. On October 7th, 6.32 in the morning, I was sleeping uh, at home. It's a Saturday morning, a holiday in Israel. We were woken up by alarms going on, uh, the applications on our phones, and red alerts all around in my community. Um, we ran to the safe room, collecting our children on the way. Um, in the safe room, we were trying to understand what was going on because the intensity of the alarms was just growing and growing, something we never experienced before. Living in that area uh, throughout the years, you kind of develop a sixth sense, so you know 
uh, how bad the escalation is, but this was something extraordinary, something we've never experienced before. My house is on the last line of the community that I live in. Basically after me, it's just under less than a kilometer to the Gaza Strip. So we could also hear the missiles being fired toward the middle part of Israel, Tel Aviv and the area. So that was going on for quite a while and it was really, really strange. And my husband, he's a police officer in an operational division. He's also in reserve duty in the Gaza division. So um, he immediately got prepared and dressed and uh, put on his weapons and he was ready to go, waiting for the call to call him to his duty. And I was with the kids in the safe room and I told him, listen, this is different from other times. Get dressed, put on shoes. The minute we have, we're gonna run to the car and leave. Um, we'll take care of everything later. Don't think about anything else. We have to get out of here. Um, but that wasn't a, an option because the bombings just didn't stop. Um, and we were trying to get to try to understand from the news what was going on, but nobody knew what was going on. And um, I was going in and out of the safe room trying to collect some clothes and some stuff that we can pack. And at one point I was standing in my bedroom uh, trying to gather some clothes for my husband and myself. And we hear blasts of gunfire, really, really close, um, like a few doors next to me. And we were, didn't understand how, what, what that was. It's so close, we've never heard this before. We thought maybe it was IDF. Um, and then a few seconds afterwards, we heard a lot of shouting in Arabic. And then we understood immediately that uh, we have a penetration of terrorists in our community. So my husband takes his position and I run back to the safe room to my children and I give my eldest daughter pepper spray. I give my middle daughter a club. I give my son a helmet that he can use. And I tell them, whatever comes through that door, we have to fight. Don't give up. Don't be a hostage. We have to fight whatever it takes. I'm with you, we'll get through this, but fight. And then we hear the shooting in our house, just beyond the safe room's door. And we, we, we didn't understand what was going on. And then my husband came in the safe room and he closed the door and he said, I just killed a terrorist trying to get into the house. And as he was finishing this uh, sentence, there was an enormous explosion in, in the room and the whole room was filled with uh, gunpowder and smoke and the, the electricity went off and they kept on shooting from uh, Karachnikovs at us. Also at the safe room's iron uh, window from behind. And we were, we lost our balance. We couldn't understand uh, for a minute where we were, but we didn't have time. so. My husband and I had to recuperate really, really fast and he gave me a gun. And then we were looking at each other and we said, okay, we fight, we fight until the last bullet. We don't give up. And um, for some reason, I don't know how to explain it. They decided to move on. And uh, wow. we were sitting there 
for about eight hours and hearing them coming back and forth, back and forth, just shooting all the time and all the time around us, the explosion and the bombings and the missiles going off, it didn't stop for one second. At around three o'clock in the afternoon, IDF comes and rescues us. We open the door and I see my whole house, my children's rooms destroyed. It was something I couldn't bear. The first thing I did was run to the front part of the house to the soldiers that were in my house. I just gave them water, mm-hmm. just gave them water. I was the only thing I could give them. And um, I was looking at the house and I understood there's nothing here to salvage. I can't take anything from here except for a Hanukkah and a Kiddushkos that my late grandmother bought me. I picked that up with my children. We left the house. Um, they took us to a central place in a, like a community club in the middle of the, our settlement. And there we stayed up until the next day where the army gave us clearance to leave. But before we left, they also gave us the opportunity to go back to our houses and collect some stuff for a few minutes. So I went back to my house and I took pictures that were framed that my late um, father-in-law drew of my husband and my daughter. And these are the only things that I managed to sell, salvage from my house. And um, then we all uh, got into the car and as a convoy, we left and to this day, uh, I haven't come back. And mm. today, I went back again to see if there's still maybe something I missed on that day. And I couldn't believe, again, the, the, the intensity of what they've done. I couldn't believe we survived it. I couldn't believe we left that house. It was just something yeah. very, very hard to cope with. So, Mikhail, you and your husband and all your children, you made it out, you made it out okay, you, you survived. We did, and my husband, two days after we left, joined back his unit, and he's now doing reserve. He's fighting for his home. He doesn't Baruch want to come Hashem. back until... Baruch Hashem. Until accomplished, yeah. So, you, you, and I don't mean to bring up bad memories, but you and your children, your husband were fighting them off. You heard them coming and going for eight hours. What about your neighbors? Um, A neighbor just in front of me, really, really close, uh, had also a terrorist in his house. He separated from his wife. He has three small children, girls, and they had to see him kill the terrorist in his house. Uh, a few streets just in front of me, a father and a daughter were murdered in their living room. And to the right of me, a few uh, houses down, um, two uh, missing people. We don't know if they're hostages or they're casualties. Still we're praying for them. Still no, still no word no. whether where they are. No, no, we don't know. No. How far? How far were you from, we, we've heard so much about uh, them coming in and butchering all these young people. 
just horrific things at the music concert, the music concert for peace. How far were you guys from that, and what did you hear about that? Uh, well, we're not that far. We're about five-minute drive from that area. Um, and some people that managed to escape actually managed to get to our community, and they were with us. But up until Sunday evening, I think we didn't comprehend and understand how big this event was. It's not an event. It's, I don't know how to call it, uh, 2023 Holocaust. Uh, I imagine uh, in the next few months to come, they will uh, try to redefine it and give it a different name, but we, we, we still don't understand. Every day that goes by, we still get uh, bad news. My children have lost their schoolmates, their teachers, their friends from extracurriculum. Um, the things I have to deal with now, I never thought in my worst dreams that I will have to deal with. What, what do you feel Israel, as a mother, what do you feel Israel has to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Well, first of all, I have to eradicate Hamas completely. This is not a question. It has to be done. Uh, not just for Israel, for the world. People have to understand it starts maybe with us, but this defines whatever our life and future will look like. They have to be eradicated. They have to know that they cannot continue and they cannot live after doing what they've done. And um, that is my expectation because I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to rebuild my home. My children want to go home as well. How old are your children? Uh, my older daughter is 15 and a half. I have a daughter that in December will be 13, and my son on February will be 10. And what are they saying to you as their mother about what they experienced as children? We, we, it, it's hard for us to get our, and, and this is one of the reasons, sweetheart, we're doing this, is to keep this before people of how horrible this was. It wasn't an act of war. It was an act of butcherism. It was an act of barbarianism. And as adults, we can see it a certain way. How are your children reacting to what they experienced? Well, first of all, this is pure genocide. Um, my children, they say, that they look at us as heroes because we managed to protect them and they're safe and sound. But as parents, we have violated the sacred trust between our children because we promised them that they are safe and protected and that we are protected. Not just, uh, not just us as parents are protecting them, but the army, the state, and... Um, that trust has been broken on October 7th, and that is something that we are working very hard not to establish again. Amen. Um, I talked to a friend in Israel last night after Shabbat was over, and they said, nobody in Israel doesn't know somebody that are it's related true. to somebody that went through this tragedy on October 7th 
and now all of Israel is standing up to make sure this never happens again. Did you, obviously neighbors, did you, and I excuse me if I'm asking the, a bad question, did you lose friends or family in this? I know you lost neighbors, obviously, but did you lose friends or family uh, in this on October 7th? And is your husband, I think you said, is your husband now with the IDF fighting for the nation of Israel as we speak? Well, of course, like you said, it, everybody knows somebody uh, and related on some kind of basis, whether it's family or friends. Um, this is not something that uh, didn't touch, it, it, it touched everybody. You couldn't uh, escape it. Um, of course, we know people, we know uh, we lost a very good dear friend teacher of my son. Um, and um, it's difficult. It's just, you know, we can't comprehend it. We can't. Yeah. Not to talk about you. They just, our whole lives are ruined. I mean, we're refugees in our own country. Um, there's no school. We don't know when and if they will go back. If they have the ability to sit now and concentrate because, you know, they're going through so much. And uh, our home, yeah. our home is devastated. Will you, will you, and Shmulek, I'm going to come to you in a second here. But sweetheart, will you, will you and your family move back down to your home by the Gaza Strip? Do you you feel like you're going to go back there someday? Well, that is our uh, main target for now. But of course, we have to see how this sure. war will end because not at every price, not at, not anymore. I've contributed my part. Uh, to the protection, I will, but to a point now, I'm sorry. I don't mm. think I'll be able to deal with anything like this again. Yeah. Well, we here are going to stand up with Israel as loud as we can to make sure that nobody in Israel has to ever go through this again. And we just want you to know that we're with you we're speaking up for you. We're standing up for you. We're standing up for every one of our brothers and sisters in the nation of Israel. And you, you can, I know you see things of demonstrations in America and demonstrations in uh, Europe of pro-Palestinian, but I guarantee you that we're rallying the troops over here and there are more of us than there are of them. We're standing with you. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. It does. I'm not saying this just to be polite. It's really, I can't express enough my gratitude for this. It's amazing what you guys are doing and that you're with us and you open your hearts. It really means so much to us. It really gives us the strength to push forward and move on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Shmuley can set this up the next time I'm in Israel we can come and hug you and your husband and your children and let you know that this will never happen again. We love you, sweetheart. Thank you so much for sharing with us what you saw and what you experienced. We're, we're with you. We guarantee it. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. 
Shmulek, just for a few, few moments, Shmulek, I got to ask, when we were down on the Gaza border with you, Scotty and I were down there at the Absorption Center. Remember those two little Israeli young girls, those beautiful young girls that we interviewed? And I asked them, I think they were like 11, 12 years old. And in the interview, I asked them, uh, because one of the things that we do working with Karen Hezot and President Herzog is uh, helping treat children who have gone through trauma of terrorist attacks. And remember, I asked him, I said, how do you handle it? And these are remember, 11, beautiful young Israeli girls. And they said, we just get used to it. And we thought, and we said, we've got to make sure that no 11-year-old child gets used to terrorists coming and trying to kill them. Those two little girls, Shmulek, do we know where they are? Are they okay? Yeah, thank First of all, Pastor Larry, I want to start by saying thank you. Thank you to your family. And I receive message of prayer and, and encouragement from your family, from you, from Pastor Scott, almost on a daily basis. And this is so, so important and so encouraging for us at this critical time. So thank, thank you for standing with Israel and thank you for supporting us. Uh, Michal, I know it was very hard for you to open your heart after going through such a difficult, difficult and horrible experience. And, and I thank you really for taking the, Amen. opening your heart and, and sharing this uh, story. And, I, and I'm telling you, Pastor Larry mean every word that he says. He's standing with Israel. He will come to Israel. He will hug each and every member of your family and he will fight for the people of Israel. Amen. So thank you, all of you at New Beginning Church. Um, and answering your question, Pastor Larry, yes, these two girls are in a safe place also thanks to your support. Because one of the things that we are doing, we are evacuating people from the south and even unfortunately from the north. We have already evacuated 2,231 new immigrants from our absorption center from the south and moved them into a safe place and not only evacuating them in those places, we are helping them and bringing professional people to walk with them like Michal shared, their, their children cannot go straight away to school like nothing happens. So we are giving them all the support that they need. And this is something that's really, we are doing with the support that we receive from you. And not only that, you know, unfortunately, Pastor Larry, this is, this is a genocide against the, the Jewish people. We have 1,400 people who lost their life. Most of them, most of them are civilians. This evil, this darkness, they didn't have the courage to go and fight against our army. Yeah. So what they did is they killed innocent civilians who didn't have any weapons in their hands and started butcher them one after the others. They have kidnapped 230 people. In those 230 people, 32 children under the age of 18. These are animals. They are not animals. even human. 20 people un above the age of 75. Among them also Holocaust survivor. These are the people that we are dealing with. And Michal is 100% right. We cannot expect Michal 
to go back to her village until we don't eliminate this uh, evil from the, from the world. I also want to say, Pastor Larry, with your help, with your help, and I want you to know it, uh, I think you shared it with your community. Not a long ago, you have donated a mobile palm shelter. Michal, you probably know the kibbutz Yad Mordechai. So in the kibbutz Yad Mordechai, there is a mobile bomb shelter with the, with the name of New Beginning Church. And Pastor Larry, you saved life. Two weeks ago and today, every day, there are still people in this kibbutz that their life has been saved thanks to your support. We also have in the absorption center in Be'er Sheva, Ethiopian new immigrants that are there and they have a, a safe room to go because of your support. We have provided 8,000 food package for elderly Holocaust survivors all across the country, thanks to your help. And this is critical, critical. These elderly, they don't, they're afraid to go out from their yeah. house at this time. And in many places, the supermarket are even closed. And to get medic medication, it's very difficult. So we, with your support, we are helping those people. And like you see, Michal over here and all the family that's lost their dear one and all the, 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 the kidnapping, we are providing immediate, immediate grant on spot, immediately to each and every one of this family. And this is the first grant that we are giving them and joining forces with the government official of Israel. We will continue to be with them at least, if not more, for the next three years and to give them any possible support that they need. So thank you. Keep praying for the people of Israel and keep supporting us, supporting us at this time of crisis. We need you. Amen. Amen. Shmulek, a word of, of encouragement. Number one, uh, last week I flew to Pittsburgh and did a Christian television network where they were going to raise funds for Israel and they got 10 times the amount of calls in one night than they've ever got in a week of doing their share standing with Israel. And uh, I haven't even told the church yet, uh, so they'll hear it for the first time. Next week, we're partnering with rabbis in Israel and rabbis here in Texas in our service next Sunday at 10 o'clock, Jews and Christians coming together to be a voice that we are standing with the nation of Israel. And I got a phone call, and I won't say who the pastor is to protect him and his family, but I got a phone call from a, a pastor uh, last night. He, he, he and his family met together. They have a, a, a small church. It's not a huge church. And uh, their son-in-law is a Palestinian Christian. And they met together and they said, as a family, Pastor Larry, we're going to send you $10,000 to send to Israel to support the Jewish people. And so, Shmulek, I, I don't want to keep you guys real long. How important is it? We've been, we've been working with you guys. Uh, we've been standing with Israel for 30 years. But how important is it that we stand and we send finances to the nation of Israel right now? How important is it right now? I want to answer Pastor Larry and say, a few months ago, me, you, 
um, Pastor Scott and Katie, we met in Poland and we went together to Auschwitz. And, and I remember you saying over there, no, never again, never again. You were marching with me and, 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 and thousands of people together and you says, never again. And you know, Pastor Larry, unfortunately, it happened again. Amen. And I compare what happened to us without saying too much. And I compare what happened to us to the Holocaust. Those evil people went into the houses and murdered parents and children, tied them together, burned them, raped women. They did exactly what me and you heard the story when we were together in Auschwitz. That's what happened here in Israel. In, in Israel. Amen. In 1945, we didn't have any any voice that was that will stand up and will, will, will shout that will shout and will help us and support us. And today, thank God, Pastor Larry, thanks to you. And I know that Pastor Larry, I told you this. In the minute that you heard what happened in Israel, that's what I felt. You and the entire congregation, you put a uniform on you, and you have started to go from one interview to another television, and you are speaking for the people of Israel. And you know, unfortunately, the world, it's been like two and a half weeks and the world slowly, slowly starting to forget the Israel side and starting to look on the picture that's coming from, from Gaza. So we need your voice. We need your, we need your voice around the world to, to, so the world know what happened in Israel and we cannot go into our normal life until we don't illuminate this evil out of the world. Amen. And we are not, we are only at the beginning of this war, unfortunately. You know, our enemy from the north, which is even much more dangerous, is attacking us on a daily basis. And together with their, together with the evil from Iran, they are waiting for the opportunity. So we don't know yet where this war is going to go. And we need your help very, very much. We want to support those thousands of people that's got that's, that's lost their life or got injured. We want to protect our people with uh, mobile bomb shelters. We want, like I know you're doing, we need more ambulance for the, for the army and I know that you're working very hard on it. We will need to provide more uh, food packets for the Holocaust survivor and our new immigrants who we thought that we're going to evacuate them down for five days, we realize that we are going to pay for their evacuation for many more days to come. So we need your support. We need your prayer. We need your voice around the world to support with Israel. And we need every possible support. Well, from us here in Dallas and all of our partners around the world to both of you, we pledge our prayers. We pledge our voice and we pledge our finances to stand with the nation of Israel at such a time as this. Thank you. And we won't be silent. We won't be silent. And we're letting the world know Israel is the only nation has, that has to defend itself for defending itself. And we will say loud and clear, Israel has the right and the obligation to remove this enemy off the face of the earth forever. We love you guys. Thank you, sweetheart, for sharing with us. I can't wait to meet you in the land of Israel and hug you and your family. Our best is yet to come. We'll see you guys soon.
Give them a great big hand. God bless you guys. We love you. Amen. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Bye-bye. Well, now you know that next Sunday, we are holding a rally here in our church. Um, we were in a staff meeting uh, this last week, and we said we've got to keep this out before people because already our government is, is going in the wrong direction as we knew they would. It, it doesn't surprise us. And uh, the world is uh, um, uh, making Israel the bad guys and the Palestinians the good guys, and we've got to keep this out. And so we were meeting and, uh, with the staff, and we were looking, well, let's, do, let's gather because we want to take time and do it right Let's do something around Hanukkah and continue with Unite the Light. And Hanukkah is the lighting of the light of God and everything. And, uh, and we were talking. We said, well, you know, that's December. We, we've got to do something now. I mean, this is happening. This is happening right now. And uh, we said, well, maybe in a few weeks. And uh, I got a phone call from a rabbi in Israel and they, they said, while we're talking, are you thinking about doing anything? I said, we're looking at our calendar right now, and what about here? And they said these words to me, can you do something sooner? And I said, yeah, we can, we can do something sooner. Obviously, New Beginnings will show up, and we can invite uh, the Jewish community. I said, why do you need it so soon? They said, last, next week, which is the, this next Sunday, one of the main rabbis was supposed to meet speak in a church here in texas and he said just five minutes ago the church called us and said we need to cancel the rabbi because standing with israel is too controversial this is the church and i said can the rabbi come here they said you want him to come i said let's do it so next sunday we've got rabbis coming we've got the jewish community coming we need all of you to come if you stole our flags that are israeli flags bring them back to church <laughs> and we're going to stand and make the make if the palestinians if the if if the pro hamas people can speak out and burn American and Israeli flags in America, we better have the to stand up and, and speak. Because remember what God says, I will bless those who bless Israel, but I will curse those who curse Israel. And so next Sunday, bring people come, bring your flags back. We're going to get more flags. We're going to have rabbis speak. We're going to have people from Israel speak. And we're going to make, let the world know that we're standing with the nation of Israel. We're standing on, on what God's word says. Amen. Open your Bibles up this morning. I'm going to shock you with this message on it, to Deuteronomy chapter 25. And I want to preach a message called the spirit of Amalek. What you saw on October 12th and what we're seeing uh, in our country, in uh, Europe, is we're seeing the rise again of the spirit the Bible calls the spirit of Amalek. You know, I forgot my glasses. Derek, could you? That, that's all right. I know it by heart. I'll just fake it. The spirit of Amalek. You know, when I was working on this message, I was thinking about things when I first got saved that my pastor would preach or I would read in the Bible and I would read these things 
And I would think, now I want you to listen very carefully to this message, because this message will open your eyes. You know, most Christians, most Americans, most people in the world, their eyes are closed. And Jesus said they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. But blessed are you that have eyes to see and ears to hear. When I first got saved, I would hear things like, right before the Messiah came, the world would be like as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I would look at that. You know, I'm, I'm from the inner city. I'm from the hood. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I played football in college, and we're uh, America. We're John Wayne. We're cowboys. We're these things. And I would see this, and I would say, thank you. I would see these things, and they would say, as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I would think, it's, it can't mean that. There's no way America is going to be promoting things as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no way that can happen. And look where we are now, especially since Biden got in office. Look what they're pushing in our schools. They're pushing that parents don't have a right if your child is four years old or five years old and it picks up a My Little Pony. Well, that means it's a girl or that means it's a boy. And parents don't have any right. They're pushing to neuter your children. At our capital, we saw it. We showed it to you. They're down there shouting, we're queer, we're here, we're not going anywhere. Satan rules, and we're coming for your children, and the church world does nothing. Something's wrong. I'm embarrassed of pastors that are afraid to say anything because they'll lose people. Well, listen, if you're far changing the gender of children, you don't belong in this church anyway. You won't, you won't last. You won't last. Whoever thought that it really meant in the days of Sodom, as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we're seeing it right now. We're voting for politicians to be in office that want that to happen to your children. Not me. I'm not voting for them. Well, when I look at that, I think about something else as I look at October 7th. The Bible says that after the rapture takes place, you're not going to want to be here because good, all good, all restraint of evil will be removed. It said people will pray to die, pray that God would take them rather than go through what they're going to go through for seven years after the rapture. And I look at that and I think what could be worse than what we've already seen happen in wars of the world? What could be worse? We saw that on October 7th when there was no restraint from evil. When they came in and took a pregnant young girl, cut her baby out, and while she's still living, cut that baby's head off. While they beheaded 40 babies in one place. 40 babies in one place. 
While they, as Smulik said, they tied children to their mother and father and poured gasoline on them and set them alive. While they raped a 12-year-old daughter, girl, and, and not just one, many, many. While one man was, while one Hamas was pulling her leg one way and one Hamas was pulling the other leg, breaking her in half as man after man raped her. That's what it's going to be like after the rapture. And what we saw on October 7th, we need to say never again because if it happens there, it can happen here. Wake up. Wake up. The only way darkness wins is in the absence of light. And that's why God said, you're the light of the world. If you're not being the light, if you're not being the salt, Jesus said, you're good for nothing. And I wonder how many ministries and how many churches and how many Christians are good for nothing. This is not a job that I have. It's a calling. I do not respond to a board. I respond to the kingdom of heaven. Before I read this scripture on the spirit of Amalek, I want to apologize. I want to apologize to the world for calling Hamas animals because that's an insult to animals. Because no animal does those kinds of things to another animal. This is barbaric. This is demonic. And when you see what the Bible says about the spirit of Amalek, you will read, you will realize that this is a demon spirit. But I read the end of the book. The kingdom of heaven wins. Read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 25, starting with verse 17. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. Therefore, it shall be. When the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God is giving you that possesses as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, you shall not forget. You know... This is a scripture that I read several years ago, and I taught on this several years ago, the spirit of Amalek. And a rabbi told me a few days ago, he said, I was talking to an Orthodox rabbi in Israel. And he said, I said to this rabbi, I, I said, Rabbi, in the synagogue, you need to teach on the spirit of Amalek. He said, the rabbi said to me, it's too controversial. I'll get too much flack for teaching on the spirit of Amalek. And he said, Rabbi, listen to this. And he played a part of me teaching on the spirit of Amalek. 
And the rabbi said, I am ashamed. If this pastor, if this Christian pastor has the courage to speak on the spirit of Amalek, how much more as Jews when God said, do not forget what Amalek did. And that's my concern. The further we get away from October 7th, we go on to other news. We forget 9-11, which was the spirit of Amalek. We forget about Nazi Germany, which is the spirit of Amalek. The further we get away, we forget. But God says, don't forget, because he goes on to say, as until the Messiah comes, you will have to fight against the spirit of Amalek. So let's look today of what the spirit of Amalek is. The Bible says here that they attacked the Israelites as they're leaving Egypt. If you remember the story, and I'll just tell the story real quick of where the, uh, uh, I always have a hard time saying it, Amalekites, Israel was coming out of Egypt. They're going to the promised land. They're not heading towards the land of Amalek. They're not heading towards their land. They're going the opposite direction. But as they're coming out, their children and their elderly and their weak were dragging behind because they're weary of this journey and for no reason at all except the Jews or the children of God, they attacked them and slaughtered them. And God says, don't forget who they are. Don't forget what that spirit is. I played you a couple weeks ago a, 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 a news uh, um, a television program that one of the leaders of Hamas said. And the reason I bring this up again is because we're hearing Biden say it again. Well, the answer is a two-state solution. The leader of Hamas said, we don't want a two-state solution. We don't want land for peace. That's what happened with Gaza. They said, give us Gaza. And so Israel removed all of their uh, people out, all of their uh, infrastructure out, and gave it to the people of Gaza. And instead of turning it into a paradise, they turned it into a platform for terrorism because they have said, we don't want peace, we want to destroy the Jews. And before you think, well, that's them over there, they say, Israel, the Jews are the little Satan. America is the big Satan. Pastor Wannison showed me a video today of children in Gaza, Palestinian children. And this little girl, this cute little Palestinian girl is standing there with a pretend gun. And she's got another child in front of her with an American flag and another child in front of her with an Israeli flag. And she says, what should I do? I know. Bam. Bam. You've got to understand that when they're done with them, they're coming for you. Unless we stand up and stand on the name that's above every name and stand on the word of God. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Now I want to show you something and this is a little shocking. I, I, I went over it with, um, with uh, Tiz and I went over with the staff and it's not pleasant what I'm going to say but you need to hear it. The Bible says we battle not with flesh and blood. Correct? Am I right? We battle not with flesh and blood, but we do battle with demonic spirits. We battle with demonic spirits. 
So when we're talking about Amalek, we're not talking about a people. We're talking about a spirit. We're talking about a spirit that was there when Israel left Egypt, and we're talking about a spirit that is here right now in Dallas, Texas. It is a spirit that is not just anti-Jew. It is a spirit that is anti-God. But let me show you something. How many know what DNA is? DNA is what's inside of you, a physical DNA. You know, if uh, you see uh, uh, a dad with red, let's say you see five children with red hair and freckles, there's a good chance that either mom and dad had red hair and freckles. That's a spiritual DNA. But the Bible talks about not only things that are spiritual are our physical DNA, not only things that are physical, but there are spiritual DNA. Let me show you a spiritual DNA of Amalek. Now, the other day I was flying to Pittsburgh and I was talking to Rabbi Lappin. And by, by the way, Rabbi Lappin will be live with us tomorrow. Rabbi Lappin was in Israel. Him and Susan were in Israel when, when all this was going down. And I said, uh, on the, uh, I was on the plane, and you can imagine all the people sitting around me listening to what I'm saying. And, I, and I, we were talking about the spirit of Amalek. And I have it in my, in my book, Seven Living Prophecies. Rabbis talked about it, I think, here. There is a main characteristic of the spirit of Amalek. And one of the main characteristics, and this is not pleasant to say, but I have to say it. One of the main spiritual DNA characteristics of Amalek is they always combine sex with death. Now, you look at what happened on October 7th. On October 7th, they were raping women while they're killing them. They're raping babies while they're killing them. Now, let me ask you something. Who is thinking about sex while they're in the act of murder? Not, not, not anybody normal. Now, I know this is not pleasant to think, but I want to sh- I'm going to show you something here that's going to blow your mind and hopefully open your eyes. The spirit of Amalek is always linked with sex and death. Now, you go to the king of the Amalekites, Agag. Agag, king, the prophet Samuel told Saul, listen, these guys, all they want to do is murder Jews for no reason. That's their DNA. Wipe them out. So we know the story that Saul goes in and he kills all of the uh, followers of Agag. He kills them all. He takes their cattle and their jewels, which he wasn't supposed to do. Samuel finds out, goes to King Saul and said, did you kill them all? And he said, yeah, I killed them all. Did you destroy everything? I destroyed it all. And he says, what's that bleeding I hear? And he tried to make an excuse, just like the Biden administration is going to do. Tried to make an excuse, well, we're, we're, we're going to use that for sacrifice. He said, that's not what God said. And then he found out that Agag, the king, was still alive. And when he found out, Samuel said to Saul, today the kingdom is removed from you. Now remember America, remember England, remember Italy, 
I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. So remember this, when we're going to vote, if we vote for people, whether it's in our city, in our state, in our country, if we vote for people who are pro-Iran and anti-Israel, the curse that's on them comes on you. Doesn't matter if I robbed the bank or drove the getaway car. Are you with me? I'm helping you here. I'm helping you here. So Samuel, the next day, now watch this. This is going to blow your mind. Samuel, the next day, kills Agag. So they're all, they're all wiped out. But then we go several generations later to the book of Esther. And we see in the book of Esther, Mordecai, we see Esther, but we see the Amalekite spirit, the spirit of Amalek in Haman. Remember when Haman says, we're going we're to annihilate all the Jews. Uh, every one of them, we're going to annihilate them. Remember that? Well, the Bible teaches us that Haman is a second or third generation away from Agag. Now, how can that be? All the Amalekites are gone. Agag lives one more day, and Samuel himself kills him the next morning. How could Haman be a descendant of Agag? Because ancient Jewish wisdom says that here's Agag. He knows in a couple hours he's going to be assassinated. He knows it. A servant girl brings him his meal in his cell, and he rapes the servant girl. Who thinks of sex when you're facing death? It's the spirit of Amalek. That's why these butchers, these demons, were raping and murdering women and children and raping and murdering men while they're killing them. Who thinks of sex when you're in the act of death, who thinks of this? Look at Haman. Here Haman is, the spirit of Amalek. Rabbi said, Pastor, you always say it, be polite, but so today I'm going to say it where it's not polite. Haman is caught by Esther's husband. He said, who's done this? And Esther said, he did it. And the king is furious. Esther goes in the room, and I've always said it so, not to be shocking, but the Bible says that Haman went into Esther's room and fell on her. He was raping her. Here's a guy, the spirit of Amalek, that combines death with sex. Who is, who is thinking that way when you know you're about to be executed? The demon spirit of Amalek. You look at when David was in camp. And the Malachites raided the camp and David come back and they said, what happened? They ra raped and murdered the women and children and took many of them captive as hostages. The spirit of Amalek. So what you've got to understand is that what we saw on October 7th in Israel 
is something that is a spiritual DNA that is a demonic spirit. How many remember 9-11? Remember 9-11? Where these guys drove their planes, kidnapped the planes and drove the planes into our buildings here and killed American citizens, blew themselves up? The leader of that whole group that blew themselves up in those airplanes, his name was Muhammad Atta. And they said, Muhammad Atta, this good Muslim, holy Muslim man, had nothing but sex and drugs all the night before he was going to fly those airplanes into the buildings. Who is thinking of sex and drugs when you know you're going to kill yourself and murder hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of innocent people? The spirit of Amalek. You think about the Palestinian people when they celebrate their children putting bombs on their chest and walking onto a bus just to kill Jews, walking into a synagogue just to kill Jews, walking into a child bar mitzvah full of children just to kill Jews. And what do they tell them? If you will be a martyr, I could play you the video. If you could be a martyr, you'll have 72 Sex and death. Now, I'm going to play you a video right now. It's, I'm not, we're going to show you any pictures, but I'm going to play you the audio. And I want you to listen to this and think about the spirit of Amalek. Let's go ahead and play that. Just an audio. Don't show any pictures. Hello. This, this, excuse me, this is a tape that was taken, a phone call taken from a Hamas murderer. I'm putting the pictures on WhatsApp. 
Mahmoud. That's enough. We don't, we don't oh, know. You know, we're hearing all over the media, the poor civilians in Gaza, the poor civilians in Gaza. Listen to me. When the first rush of these demonic butchers came in, they were Hamas. But people there, like our sister that we watched today, said after Hamas came in and they're murdering and they're torturing and they're butchering people, after Hamas came in, then came the civilians of Gaza. Not members of Hamas, civilians. This is a nation, this is a people that they said, as I played to you the other day, the Jews honor life, we honor death. This is a nation which the son is saying, Dad, Dad, go to WhatsApp. Look at all the people. I, I killed 10 of them. Oh, Dad, oh, praise God, son. We're so proud of you. This is a people who right now, the leaders of Hamas are hiding underneath a hospital. This is a people right now who they won't let the civilians leave. They're using civilians as human shields, who does this kind of thing? It is called in the Bible, the spirit of Amalek. Now, give me five more minutes and I'm going to tie this up. Sex and death. They celebrate it. Blow yourself up, son. Instead of saying, Mom, Dad, listen, I just scored a touchdown. Mom, Dad, I just made the winning basket. Mom, Dad, my band is playing, opening up in the concert. Mom, Dad, I just got straight A's. Mom, Dad, look, I just killed 10 Jews. That's a demon spirit, folks. And it's being taught to their children from the time the children can listen. This is what we've got to understand. You know, I didn't even think of this, be honest with you, until I started putting this together. I told you the story that a few years ago, we had one of our tour groups over there, and I've got the group in the Arab quarters at the Jaffa Gate where all the bazaar is and all the shops are, and we're helping them buy. We've been doing it for years. We've been going for 30 years, and I'm standing there and uh, with some of the guys, with Luke, my son, and Scott, and, and, and all of a sudden, this young Arab man, and I didn't think about it until I was thinking about the spirit of Amalek. He walks up to us out of nowhere. We were just standing there buying things from his relatives. And he walks up and he says, we're going to slit the throat of every Jew and every Christian and take your wives and your daughters as our sex slaves. Spirit of Amalek, death, we're going to slit the throat of every Christian and Jew and, and sex. We're going to take your daughter. Who thinks it? It's embedded in them. So when we hear our president, not my president, saying they need to show the they need to show civility in war show them the 40 babies with their heads cut off show them the 12 year old girl with her hips split apart show them that show them the 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 i, I talked we talked to one nurse over there and she said we were trying to identify the body and we couldn't figure it out until we realized it was three children tied together with their mom and dad and burned to life so they meshed together that's the spirit of Amalek. 
And we got people in our country marching. We got people in our Congress flying flags, celebrating Hamas. We got, what's her name, Talib? Is that her name, Talib? Where she said, when I think about the the Holocaust and I think about the genocide of, of, of the Jews, it makes me feel warm inside. These people need to be thrown out of, yeah, thank you. They're going to feel warm, all right. That's right. I'm writing that one down. Let me, let me tie this down to America. This is why we need everybody out Sunday. We need you to invite people. We need you to be bold and be God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Let me take a few minutes. Adolf Hitler had the spirit of Amalek. Adolf Hitler was a pervert. And he was a mass murderer. Adolf Hitler, the way Germany was going in Europe, should have won the war. Do you know why they, they lost? Do you know your history? Do you know why Germany lost? Do you know why they lost? Hitler had made a pact with Russia not to go up against Russia. But he decided, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Russia too. And that's what defeated the German army. Not bombs, not bullets, starvation and freezing. Hitler's marching. It's the same mistake Napoleon made. Hitler's marching against Russia in the winter. Hitler's advisors say, we can win this. Take the trains and the troops that you're using to kill the Jews and send them to the death camp, take those troops and those trains and bring troops and supplies to your army in the Russian front. And Hitler, historical fact, Hitler became furiated. And he said to these generals, you don't even understand what this war is about. It's not about winning. It's about killing Jews. And all he had to do was take his trains and his troops, and he would have been ruling the world. That's the spirit of Amalek. Strap a bomb as long as you kill Jews. Fly a plane as long as you kill Jews. But remember what the spirit of Amalek said through Hitler. When I'm done with the Jews, we're coming for the Christians. And I feel sorry for any pastor or any church that doesn't stand up and speak right now because this is going to be the separating of the tares from the wheat. It's too controversial. You need to be removed. That church needs to remove him from the pulpit. Let me close with this. Hamas in America. Now, we know they're there. But I want to talk about the spirit of Amalek in leadership in America. Remember, Amalek says, we don't care about you. We'll use you as human shields. We'll we'll talk your kids into strapping bombs to them and blow themselves up. The spirit of Amalek is not anti-Jew. It's not anti-Christian. It's anti-God. It's a spirit that wants to remove God from the nation. Hitler made a statement. I used it in one of my books years ago. And he said, as long as there's a Jew left, there'll be the presence of God. His his desire 
Amalek's desire is to remove God from the earth. And we're seeing this here in America. Think about our borders. Since Biden has become president, we have had 2.5 million illegals come into this nation. That's just the ones we've caught. Since Biden's administration, we have had 179, Troy, 179, 179 people on the terrorist watch list that's been caught. During Trump, two years, last two years of Trump, one and zero. Since Biden, 179. Our governor, the governor from Massachusetts said, I've con- and, and they're Democrats, said, we've contacted Biden, said, listen, we're becoming a, a tunnel, a, 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 a path for terrorists coming in. We need to stop them. Do you know that we cannot stop them in Texas from coming across? Because it doesn't matter what we want as a state, it's a federal law that you have to let them in. Now, this is the same government that's allowing these people to come in, not seeking asylum, not our Hispanic brothers and sisters in Mexico. They're coming in from from all these Arab countries. They're coming in from all of these Muslim countries, and they're flooding. You watch what Biden's going to do. He's going to want to bring a million folks from Gaza. You watch him. You watch him. Okay, this same government that's opening the borders and allowing anti-Americans to come in. This same government that is allowing teachers in the university. How did, how did the people of Gaza, how did the Palestinian people this this way? They taught their children. Look what they're teaching in our universities. Look what the, uh, we're allowing Congress people to teach and not saying anything, not stopping them. Arab countries and China in the last two years have given $6.6 billion to our universities. That's why we got these ignorant, stupid college kids out there marching on. They don't even know the history of Palestine. They have no idea what Palestine's about. All they're doing is they got these teachers, these Muslim teachers, these liberal teachers, these left-wing teachers saying death to the Jews. They're shouting in our streets, gas the Jews. And you're next. It's not about get rid of the Jews. It's get rid of God. Remove the Jews, and then we remove the Christians. Folks, what we saw is a birth pang of what's going to be like after the rapture. I don't want to be here for it. But let me end with this. The same government that's opening our borders is the same government that says... We have no proof that Iran is connected to Hamas. I just played you last week or two weeks ago, a Hamas leader saying on television, we want to thank Iran because if it wasn't for Iran, Hamas would not exist. Hezbollah would not exist. We want to thank Iran for the weapons and the finances. And yet we have an administration, the Democratic far-left administration, that is open carte blanche for, for Iran to make billions and billions of dollars. We had a freeze on it. We had it stopped. 
Now, we can't produce oil in America. Oh, no, no. But we can partner with those who are crying for the death of Israel and the death of America. Now, let's connect the dots. Remember, the terrorism spirit of Amalek is sex and death. This is the same administration that most Democrats get voted on because they're pro-abortion, death. And it blows my mind how many Christians vote for people who are pro-death to children. Oh my gosh, pastor, 1,400 in Israel, so many of them children. How many aborted babies? Because Christians voted that way. Now remember, death and sex are related too. Same administration that so many of them get elected on the platform of aborting babies. That's your, that's your main platform? Killing babies is how you get elected? That same administration is the one that is calling parents, what do they call them? What kind of terrorists? Uh, domestic terrorists because parents are saying, you let some guys that acted like girls rape my daughter and they come and arrest him? This same Democratic far left that's opening our borders, letting terrorists in that are being elected because they're pro-death to children and they're pro-sexual perversion to our youth. Isn't it time the church says not again, never ever again to Israel and to America? Folks, we're close to the rapture. And the question is, are you going to be part of, and not just you, the world, we have the world watching. Are you going to be part of the blessing or part of the curse? Because just as the same God who said Israel will become a nation again, and everybody said, can't happen, never happen. 1948, Israel became a nation. The same God that says in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, oh, that'll never happen. We're there. The same God that said, you want to be around here after the rapture because the evil will be unimaginable. We just saw that two and a half weeks ago. Who does that? Not a human, not even an animal, but the demonic spirit of Amalek. But I declare greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Stand up and be counted. Amen. We're going to close in prayer, but before I do, I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just real quickly and say, Pastor Larry, you know what? I need to make sure my heart is right with God. Folks, look at me one second. Look, look at me. We're just going to pray. Look at me. We don't, I don't know where, people ask me all the time. I'm getting calls all the time. Do you think this is the beginning of Armageddon? It might be. One move. Ezekiel 37, 38 says, I'll put the hook in the jaw of Gog and Magog, Russia and Moscow, and I'll pull them down to Israel. The same thing says China will come in where the blood will be up to their horses' hawks. Armageddon. Just last week, the heads of Hamas met with Putin in Moscow with the heads of, with the heads of China. And we got this Bozo Newsom from California. Yeah, we want him to make the rest of the world like California. And he's over in China. We can make a difference. 
say, do you think, you know, if you would have asked me two and a half weeks ago, would this be the beginning of Armageddon? I said, no way. We've got, we, we've still got time, but I'm not so sure right now. But either way, this is a birth pang. And we're going to either be on the side of the curse or the side of the blessing. I place before you life and death, blessings or curses. Choose life. This is a hint. Let's wake up. I'm not ashamed of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the Bible. And I want to say that if you're going to a church anywhere in the world that is, get out of it. And find a church wherever you're going that's standing up for the word of God, standing up for the land of Israel, and standing up for our nation, one nation under God. Amen. Let's pray. Let's stand. Let's just pray this together. Because I, I don't know about you, but I'm raising my hand. I want to make sure I'm ready for the rapture. I'm, ra I'm, uh, I'm raising my hand. Father, forgive me for treating Tis so wonderful that it's almost like <laughs> putting her on the throne. Will you join me next Sunday with the Jewish community? It, listen, the Jewish community is scared right now. Holy cow. They're marching in our streets in America saying, gas the Jews. Holy cow. Who would ever think this would happen? But you know, the Lord says, when you've done all the stand, stand. We got on the armor of God. Take your neighbor's hands in unity across this place. And those of you that are watching around the world, stand with us. If you can be here next Sunday, be here with us. If not, tune in and stand with us as we stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Let's say this out loud. Say it out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Say this with authority as never before. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my home, my family, my finances. Get out of America. Get out of the world. Get out of Israel. Me and my family, we will serve God and stand with Israel. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering. What?